from uh, Friday at the Azure Spring 2019 meeting. It's Raj Gupta and uh, Gary Schwartz. Gary Schwartz, your hashtag Azure Spring 19. And we got some more people too. We got people hanging out behind us. We're gonna pull in in a second. Uh, Bridget Bridget Palouse is here from the Mayo Clinic Mayo in Clinic lovely in Rochester. Rochester, Minnesota. So we've had another great day at this session at this meeting. I think uh, the feedback I've been getting from a lot of people is that they've enjoyed everything: the workshops, the interactive sessions, the lectures. We've had a really a lot of unique elements uh, today as well. And I just want to get feedback from people who were at different places than I was. What, what struck you? What was uh, really remarkable? And where do you think that uh, things stood out? So one session that I went to today, which they never had before, was an interactive session. So most time we go to lectures, you have the lecturers in the front of the room, and then you just have chairs, 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 and someone just talking to you. So uh, Eric Swank, uh, Greg Liguori from HSS, they had an interactive session also with some of the pediatric anesthesiologists from Harvard about opiate sparing, opiate-free techniques, and it was almost like a roundtable discussion where microphone was passed on the audience, and we learned how different people do stuff. One of the most interesting topics that I, I took out of it is that at HSS, anyone that comes for an elective surgery that is on opiates gets urine screened to make sure they're taking the appropriate medication, make sure they're not taking any other illicit substance. If they are, the surgeries get delayed, they send them to appropriate rehab, and then they go back and have the electric surgery. What about you? Any good uh, lectures you saw today? So I just came from the um, international and ERAS session, which was really great coming off of last year's World Congress. It was a lot of fun to get that international perspective again and um, hear from our colleagues. Kind of similar, just one of the things I love about this meeting is getting to hear how different places do things. and really interesting to hear how other countries are doing things, what's similar, what's different, what can we learn about, how they work through their challenges, and how we can improve things here as well. Yeah, we had Alan Delbos from France, uh, Amit Pawa from the UK, we had Tim Rosasel from Edmonton, Canada, and kind of brought a, uh, a, a an interesting perspective on how to implement IRAS in places that don't have the same structure we have in the United States. And I think that my takeaway was actually the more things are different, the more they're the same. Everybody's facing the same challenges, same pressures, same demands on time, space, equipment, um, and, uh, and, and negotiating with our uh, hospital administrators and our surgeons and our patients to, to find the best way forward. So those things all seem to resonate with everybody in the room, and I thought that was really fascinating. So we got Colin McCartney with us as well. Colin's also a Canadian uh, colleague. And um, with a funny accent, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's got a real thick Canadian accent that you'll hear in just a second. But um, so, uh, Colin, I, I wanted—I don't know where you've spent your day today, and I wanted to see—you've been to so many of these meetings. Um, what strikes you as something that you're learning after having been at these meetings so many times? You know, you learn a lot in the lectures at these meetings. But you also learn a lot outside the lectures, speaking to colleagues, asking about their experience. I just love coming to Azra as well, meeting up with friends and uh, meeting new people. I mean, for me, uh, the social media aspect's been really, really interesting and really exciting. You know, meeting uh, a lot of new people and hearing about their practice and everything. So, yeah, and this this meeting's got a great vibe to it. You know, it's. Uh, I was a, we did a session earlier on this morning on uh, some of the problems that you can get around regional anesthesia, and the room was standing room only. It was fantastic. You know, so. Just a number of people here and great questions, very lots of interest and uh, yeah, so congrats to the organizers, congrats to you Raj for oh, all your efforts and your hard work. Yes, uh, yeah. Any of you happen to go to the 360 session today by any yeah. chance? 
Yeah, I was there. Um, yeah, so we had a session where um, we were trying to look at the problem. So we, as we said, we're negotiating with all these uh, the, the players in the field. And so we had a session where we had a patient volunteer who had experienced surgery. We had a surgeon, uh, orthopedic surgeon. We had an anesthesiologist, Sandy Kopp from Mayo. And we had um, a hospital administrator who was actually a, a surgeon in his past life, but then went into hospital administration. And so the conversation was, what is the patient's experience um, with all these players and their competing factors? And then how do we, in the process of having competing factors, how does that influence the patient's perspective of what's going on? And the, uh, our patient, who's the kindest person in the world to come join that podium, I mean, it's, that's a hard thing to do, to stand up in front of a room like that and, um, and discuss your personal experience. She was so personable. Um, so down to earth and I, I'll tell you one thing I took away from that is that we're often having the wrong conversation you know one is luckily most of the time the patients don't see our conversation um, they don't see the, the the pressures that we're going through a lot of times we're pretty good at, at, at executing well at the time of patient care but but the conversations we have are not so important um, when they really care about uh, when am I going to be walking next? When am I going to uh, be able to lift up my child? When am I going to be able to go back to work? Sure. And I want to go dancing. When do I go to dancing? And, and this this uh, uh, this uh, lady was a cosmetologist, and she was scheduled to have knee surgery, and she spends all day on her feet. And so that's a critical part of her job. If she can't be on her feet, she's going to have a very hard time doing that livelihood. The cosmetology, is that, the, were they involved in not taking the photographs of the black hole recently? Or is that yeah, that's, different? Uh, <laughs> those are cosmonauts. <laughs> no, um, that's cosmo no, it's not cosmology. 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 <laughs> this is cosmetology. So, yeah, yeah Raj, I agree. I think I was at that session as well, and I yeah. thought it tied in really nicely with what Ed Mariano was talking about yesterday at his session of what are the outcomes that we care about and that patients care about, and do we even know really what those are and are we thinking about that the right way I thought it was very thought-provoking talk from him yesterday and the discussion today got a little bit heated and people were very passionate and it's easy to lose sight about that patient perspective and what is what's important to her to get back to and amongst all those competing pressures yeah. what's important for her yeah and, and I think that um, one of the questions that was debated a little bit during that session was about trainees. Yes. And um, so th there was this uh, counterbalance of, do you train people um, and uh, slow down the process or maybe make it less than perfect um, or not? And uh, you know there was concerns that we're training people, we're practicing new blocks and doing things like that versus just doing the best thing the, all the time right away. And the surgeons have the same problem. I found it funny that the patient was like, I don't care. Yeah. She was well, like, I have to train the people that are going to learn how to dress people's hair. Yeah. You know, I know everybody has to learn. Yeah. It's more bickering amongst ourselves. Yeah. No, well, I've got two thoughts on that. One is that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of our committees these days are actually starting to bring patients onto the committee. So they get a patient-focused approach on, on the committee. So it's a much different conversation when you're sitting having a conversation in front of a patient than it is in front of a group of physicians or... On the other side of that is a concern around academic practice. There's good, uh, good data out there showing that outcomes in academic practice are actually better than outcomes in non-academic practice because right. of the involvement of trainees and things like that. So 
that would be a very strong argument for me to actually have trainees in your practice, not to not to avoid it. Yeah. So we have Ankit Odani here from Duke as well. Ankit, how are you? I'm well. I haven't seen you all meeting. I well, think we've been keeping you too busy. I have been a little busy. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing a lot of posters, been enjoying uh, there's a lot of young CA one, CA twos coming out here, which has been Thank you, yeah, which has been really fun. I've been, you know, like I was part mo moderating one of the sessions, but it's been nice to see really young residents that I didn't even think would have exposure to regional already out here and really putting posters together. Yeah, great. Really, yeah. really cool stuff. Even some chronic pain stuff. So yeah. it's been more than I was expecting. So fun. So uh, you were also part of the crisis management uh, workshop. Did you guys do that today? Nope. Tomorrow. 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 So okay. starting at eight, we're doing two sessions. So yeah. we're going to okay. set up for that this evening. Yeah. That's great. That's uh, tell people a little bit about what that is. Yeah. So is this? Are we on live? What's yeah, going? we're live. All on right. Facebook I didn't, right I didn't now. know what just happened. Yeah, I just yeah, got we're just handed a mic. Roped in. <laughs> This is going on, you know, there's people, there's like at least four people watching. I love it. Hi, four people. I don't know um, what the comment is there. We'll find out, but um, I'm going to go look at the comment while you guys are talking. Yeah, yeah, Tell for me sure. about the simulation. Yeah, so tomorrow um, I do crisis management for the regional anesthesiologist with Cynthia Shum. Are awesome. Yeah, got it. We agree. Hashtag. <laughs> and Kyle Harrison. It's actually pretty fun. We, we spend a lot of time and effort bringing some really cool... Sim man equipment and OR equipment. So we'll do, you know, a couple scenarios, debrief them just as we were, we would at the Sim Center. It's could nice you, to be able to do it now. Can you give them a hotel. preview of any of these sessions, or you don't no, want to? No, man, no way. <laughs> but we talk. I mean, yeah. And Kyle, Kyle and I have worked together for a long time. We give a great. He does a great job giving like the overview, the relationship of where anesthesia should be in a safety in the safety world compared to aviation. We'll talk about Sully Sullenberg, you know, like that kind of stuff, but I'm not giving you the answers to the Sims. No way. <laughs> the tests are always a lot easier. Then I was going to come visit Duke one day if I had the answers. Uh, wonderful. How, what, how, how are you guys doing? Good meeting? Good. Yeah. Great meeting. So yeah. What, what has struck you? I mean, you mentioned the posters. Is there anything that really uh, is highlighted in the meeting to you that you were like, this is really cool? Well, sadly, I missed, I flew in yesterday afternoon and missed the Surgeon General, yeah. which I was excited. I mean, I, I was able to pay attention over Twitter, but I think that's got to be like the highlight that was, that was uh, so far, you know, so that's, that's great to have. He was a great speaker. Yeah. It was a really unbelievable session. So I was really, I mean, I sad to miss it. I think that probably has been, you know, probably the, the drawing force of the opiate epidemic and talking about that. So I'm, I'm hoping that conversation continues onward. But like I said, I, what I've really liked is trainees being here and, um, you know, I love that Azra has something for everyone, which yeah. I think, which is even more so now that we're seeing young residents coming over here and things like that. So I love it. So we've got our friend Canoops here from hey, Canoops. Mars from uh, <laughs> HSS in New York City. We were talking about we were talking about uh, Greg's talk this morning with uh, opiate sparing and limiting some opiate use in the hospital, and then how you guys deal with urine screening and have people go to rehab before they have these elective joints. If you could touch on that and then whatever else you find important from the meeting. Uh, sure. So we have actually a pretty robust pre-screening program. Um, the surgeons can refer patients to um, our chronic pain team and or an internist who's working up the patients can do it or an anesthesiologist can. They see a chronic pain physician who goes through a very comprehensive pain history, which most of us don't do on a regular basis. Um, and then from that point, if they do use opioids um, regularly, they'll do urine uh, tox screen. If everything matches, they'll come up with a plan. And the patient is below the CDC recommendations of 90 OMAs a day. They come up with a plan. If there is something to be done, the chronic pain attending will come up with a plan in, uh, for inpatient follow-up. 
Um, and then they will also actually contact the prescriber of the narcotics for the patient so that there is a plan for after discharge, which, you know, we talk about transitions, you know, we don't, the patients, we don't want them to just be discharged and then be with seven days worth of acute pain prescription and then have nothing to follow up with. Um, so we do actually have a very good service. The hospital has invested a lot in that uh, work. I've experienced myself as a practitioner, and the service works very well. It's great for the patients. It's good for the post-op care. Yeah. And it's one of the few systems in the country that it enables and includes practitioners outside the system, all for the benefit of the patient. I think that's one of the big takeaways of the meeting is how do we change the conversation to not, I do the best block or the safest anesthetic is how can we do best for this particular patient? And I think you guys do a great job over at HSS. Thank you. Well, that's part of the perioperative surgical home, right? You see patients not just in an isolated encounter, but you see them both before, during, and after and try to make that transition as smooth as possible. So we got a couple extra faces here. We got Jenny Norberg from San Diego and Jerry Jones from Memphis, Tennessee. Not the Jerry Jones from Texas, apparently, but uh... yeah, I know I get that a lot. <laughs> so, so you know, we always start off the conversation. What do you think was cool about the meeting? What do you think stood out to you? Something new you learned? Some special session that struck you? Uh, there were several things I thought they were new and different this year. One, I liked that there was the uh, uh, panel that had a patient. To get, you know, because we're trying to talk about all of our different perspectives. Why can't we do more regional? The, you know, the uh, administrator wants to say, well, prove the value to me. And we're all trying to decide what is the value that's important. And then having a person on stage that says, I'm the patient. Uh, here's what I think. I think that should be incorporated a little bit more. The uh, Like in a practice management, um, it wasn't sitting in a lecture and listening to what they say for 40 minutes. And then it was... And in a, you know they had an idea of we're going to talk about these things. They led it, and they had the panelists sitting in the middle of the room, and then people would chime in, and it really was a very interactive um, opportunity. I think that was uh, great. And the Surgeon General was amazing. I was going to pull out my sword and go into battle with him. That was awesome. He was quite inspiring. Yes, that was the fantastic. sword in the battle of public health service, right? The seventh branch of the military. Exactly. We almost Flaming. forget about it. Yeah. Right. Flaming sword. Flaming sword. Right. <laughs> Very Game of Thrones of you. So. <laughs> okay. So the other thing that I was going to bring up um, was uh, he's talking about uh, Je uh, wow Jerry. I want to call him Jeff. I know he's Jerry. Um, was is, is one of our new members that are really really fired up about um, getting feedback to all of the planning members and committees and everything like that. And so one of the things that I was encouraging him to do, and I would encourage uh, people, uh, part of Azra, new, old, anywhere along the process, is to watch out on the website for um, committee membership mm -hmm. applications. Uh, come, get involved. This is a family. Azra really, really encourages engagement. You know, we've got the social media, we've got um, industry relations, we've got practice management. We have all sorts of things where we're really trying to. Uh, build resources and information sharing to everybody uh, so that we we can provide better patient care for all of our different practices. So anyway, just a little plug for that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. The other thing I have to say is this is probably a plug straight to you, how I can, I mean, Azra has always felt like a family. I mean, since I just got in and kept moving along, um, but I could feel it even more. And I think it's because of the ads behind us, you know, the, the social media things, and you doing the podcast. Uh, it feels like there's a lot more interactive. You know, we're talking about the newsletter committee, not just sending out a newsletter, but 
creating an opportunity for ongoing relationships and conversation that follow behind. I mean, you, you can feel ASRA, the community getting tighter and tighter, and it's very welcoming to pull people in. So we had a vision a few years ago um, when we started the podcast was I used to come to these meetings, and for those of you guys who haven't been, you should definitely come to one of these meetings because it feels different than watching from afar is that some of my best times at the meetings were actually outside in the hallways. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not in the lectures. I mean, I gained so much, especially when I was a young faculty member. Mm -hmm. I was just sucking in information like I like nobody's business and implementing it and sucking yep. in more. Come on, Ed. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That was my lunch. I just my lunch Yeah, right yeah. kudos. So, so we were, we were actually right just out. talking. So we were talking about how... There's more effort being put from this organization to maintain the feeling of connectivity amongst the members throughout the year and not just during the meetings. And I was saying that some of my best moments at Azure meetings happen in the hallways and when we're connecting with individuals and we learn so much from each other that so much of what you've done on the communications committee with the newsletters, the e-digest, the podcasts, the um, uh, social media campaigns, all this effort I think what it, it is it's is translating. We're, you we're can basically see, continuing. You can feel. You can feel yeah, we're, yeah, we're continuing yeah. the hallway conversation. <laughs> yeah. If not the lecture, we're continuing the hallway conversation, right? And and that's the part that keeps us joined between meetings. Yeah. And so when you come back to the meeting, you don't, you haven't forgotten that person because you've been talking the whole time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And your and instant connection that, you mean, built from that. It's yeah. uh, we've seen a lot of that, especially building up to this meeting. And you did a really great job as the meeting chair and Absolutely. starting the conversations Absolutely. early. And and that's why we had three million impressions before we even started the meeting. Yeah, we didn't crazy. even show up, and things were already. And <laughs> and I think that um, I mean six I, I mean, million. What was it? Six, six million, million yesterday. Just yesterday. Wow. In one day, um, which is unbelievable. And I think that one of the things that has struck me as we've seen the society grow is that I mean everything that we do, everything about the society is is directly benefited by communications yeah. and yes. so when we yeah, when we have messages when we have conversations like you said then it, that's the real that's the reason why you come to a live meeting and that's why people like that part because otherwise you could read the papers you could read book chapters and you could watch lectures online um, but you're not going to get the feel of the live interaction and so as much as possible I, I feel like leveraging social media helps maintain that same feeling of live conversation because it is, right. but now you have zero. You have no time zones. Right. You can interact with people around the world at various times of the day, um, and I think that that, while at the same time it seems uh, it seems like it's uh, almost like a dichotomy. Um, our society is the largest that it's ever been, but it's also the closest it's ever been. Yeah. Because we can keep having these conversations in real time, and we can keep some of the ideas going, and I think that's why. It's almost like a reunion when you come back, and sometimes you see people in the hallway, and you have this this immediate recognition, but you've never actually met each other. Yes. Yes. And so yes. this happened to me yesterday. I <laughs> <laughs> like, know you forever. I know. And then you just start you start talking to each other, and then and it's then a you realize pen pal, that you, know? you have never actually met in person. Yeah. Yeah. So you just Hi, call each how are other. you? Yes. Anil. Hello there. Where are you from, Anil? Hi. Welcome. Hi, Ed. So we're we're videotaping on Facebook Live here. Okay. Come on over. So, yeah, you're in. You're in. Next. Yes. Sit right here. That's you. You be in the there middle. Where are you from? I'm from uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. I work at St. Peter's University Hospital. 
and uh, it's in uh, New Brunswick, uh, Central New Jersey. Okay, and um, is it a teaching institution, private practice, uh, mixed? We have a private practice of uh, teaching. It's kind teaching. of mixed. Yeah, we don't have uh, anesthesia residents, but we do get anesthesia students. Uh -huh. And we have uh, residency in other uh, field surgery. So is this your first time at an ASRA meeting, or have you been coming? Yeah, this is my first time. Just first time. Just haven't had a chance to because it never worked hey, well, out. Hey, welcome. Hey, welcome. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, so... Um, so it's really fantastic. It's yeah, so what, what sparked you to come? Uh, I, I haven't been to an ASRA meeting before, and also I wanted to update my, um, you know, uh, block areas, uh, regional, uh, and see what the latest is and what's happening. So uh, in a live meeting, it gives you uh, a better idea of what's going on. Um, you get a more, um, more consensus of what people are thinking and what, what direction we're headed in. And uh, it's just kind of nice to meet people. So Ed and I are well-embedded people, so we see things from only one perspective. You know, kind of, uh, it's hard for us to get outside and look in at what we do. So from somebody who's coming for the first time, what really struck you as being positive at this meeting where you feel like, wow, that was a really great way to learn something? Well, um, I've primarily concentrated on the, uh, the main meetings, and uh, I got a lot out of them. I mean, I've been to uh, you know various courses for ultrasound, so I said, okay, you know, if I see something I like, I'll do it. But right now, I want to kind of get a feel for Azra, and this um, that gave me a good good feel for what you guys are doing. You know, there's various board members, various people uh, from the um, you know, Azra um, the society, and then um, you know talking and giving lectures. So I, I met you the first time. I didn't even know who you were <laughs> until he's like, oh, wait a minute, you're a board member. He just so. he just hangs out. Here. I just hang out. I do. I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm not only a board member. I'm also a customer. <laughs> so and um, and I was uh, sending emailing back a couple of the um, uh, the uh, PDF files from the lectures yeah. that we have Good. to uh, you know to my colleagues. That's great. So I'll see if we can you know help improve our practice. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, we, we want to do what's best for our patients, and we all so want to stay in business. So, you know, so it's a double-edged sword because uh, you know, so you start, you don't want to price yourself out of the market either. Yeah. And ultimately, that's that's what it is. You know, there's one pie; it's getting smaller, and slices are getting thinner. So we got to you know, maximize our productivity and value. Yeah. And I think uh, you know, Azra helps does that, as well as the ASA. You know, so. I appreciate that because I mean I think that it's um, I mean when I first joined ASRA I was interested in regional anesthesia I thought as a, as a clinical practice um, I didn't I was I, I didn't start my fellowship yet but I was interested and I wanted to meet people who had fellowships there weren't that many at the time um, and I remember distinctly um, just waiting outside one of the lecture halls at the end of the at the end of the podium talks because I wanted to ask Colin McCartney a question. So yeah, He I was just, just I, here. I know, I just walked over with Colin McCartney. We just got and, done uh, talking we, to Colin. We were just catching up after one of the committee meetings. And uh, But it's, it's really funny. I tell him this every now and then. I, just, I remember like waiting in the hallway so I could ask you a question. I wanted, to, I wanted to ask Dr. McCartney a question about an article he had just published in Anesthesiology. And then and I, I appreciated, even then, um, just how approachable everyone was and just how honest they were yes, in what yes. they do. And Colin was exactly that way. So he was really my my first interaction with an like a, a senior, like an ASRA faculty member. 
and it was so positive. I thought, wow, that that seems like this seems like my people, my my group, and so I was hooked in right at that point. At that point, and so I've been an Azure member since then. So what Ed doesn't know is I did the same thing to him. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's Ed Mariano up there. Let me, let, let me just wait. I, I'll ask him something. I don't know what I'm going to ask him yet. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go shake his hand and ask him something. That, that talk was too good. And, that, and, 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 and that's where it started. You know, I got to meet the Surgeon General, Adam. Oh, did and, you? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, he's got, phenomenal. I got a selfie with him. So. Good. He loves his selfies. Exciting. He does so, love his selfies. Yeah, I was really thrilled to meet him yeah. and his story. It was amazing. So it really gives us more motivation to really do more for the opioid crisis. Yeah. And it's even such though the right time. It is. It's perfect it's timing the right for time. And I thought he had such a great message. And he had one of the most simple solutions, I thought, with everyone just obtaining Narcan so we could maybe help someone in our community. Yes. God forbid there's an emergency. It's available through all the insurances, through pharmacies. For all of us, it's a fairly cheap medication to pick up. I thought that was a... A really interesting point that he made. I know we brought up yesterday on the Facebook Live, but it's more likely you'll encounter someone that's overdosing on drugs than having a heart attack somewhere. We're all ready to give CPR, so I thought that was a really big take home. So, Neil, I have a challenging question for you. You've been through two days of this meeting, so what is one thing you're going to do different when you go home? Back to your practice. Well, I already started. I started sending material <laughs> back. Like, what's that's actually? That's just learning. Ambassador. I know. You're just learning. I mean, you're teaching. But what is actually one Slide thing functionally that's going to change? Awesome. Well, I mean, some of the stuff I've already been doing. You know, that's we've good. been doing the regional anesthesia. It's just that I want to improve on it, uh, do more of it, and uh, just get you know uh, better at it, and you know, build a consensus with the, you know with the surgeons. Yeah, that's a, such the, a critical part. The, the most important thing is the buy-in, because you don't want to just do something and then you know have it fail and then say, oh yeah, it's just work. It has to be a concerted effort, and it has to be an understanding and a communication between us and the surgeons and the patients. And, and just as uh, our attorney general, um, I think you had mentioned too, is that like you have to ask them, what are your concerns? So once you address their concerns, it's not just us pushing the blocks on them or a particular agenda that we have, but we have to see what their concerns are. You're and right. Then, and then, you know, and work as a team together to iron out the problems and work with them and, you know, make the best for them. I mean, that's the one thing, I mean, for better or for worse, I think that is the one thing I would say about the changing healthcare environment and the changing payment structure is that we can't address it as individuals. And we really are much better off partnering with our surgeons. And I think um, sometimes I think we get, and we're all we're all enthusiastic about the things that we do. So that just comes with the territory. But at the same time, I think we have to be very cognizant of like what what problems are we solving for people? You know, what is it that our surgeons really care about? You know, what do they need help with? Because I mean, really, at the root of it, I mean, anesthesiologists are great problem solvers. They're, we're really good at that. And most of the things that we fix in the operating room, like during any given case, no one knows about, right? Yes. But right. you've probably fixed like five or six things you know, just during that, that Well, that's a very couple important hours, point right? because during the, um, uh, the times that we fix things, we actually need to communicate that to the staff. Not just the surgeons, but the nurses, you know, the technicians, you know, whoever we're working with. Uh, and, and pass it on to the administrators too. So they see our value. It's not just that, oh, somebody behind the curtain, hey, anesthesia. Yeah, that's right. We, I had a conversation. So you have to be recognized. You have to, people have to know you. Yeah, I had a conversation with a colleague of mine that we tend to work on the margins. We say, okay, this is what we got, but we'll just deal with it. We'll just make it work, right? And we often don't ask permission to push back because we just want to make things keep going forward. Right, 
And so we were, we're actually in the conversation at our institution about creating a high-risk pre-op clinic. Mm -hmm. So for patients that have, not every patient, but certain ones that need that special attention. And we were basically gonna kind of work it out and have it staffed by MDs somewhere in the schedule, just kind of squeeze it into the... And I said, no, we can't do that. That won't survive, that won't sustain. We need to have a sustainable model. Let's not apologize for what we're trying to do. Let's demand that this is important and prove that it's value, that has value to it, and that's what it needs to be invested in. And my colleague was like, okay, I'll try. He came back to me the other day, he's like, I was blown away. They approved us for one MD per day, every day of the week, five days a week. He's like, I never thought that would happen. And, and the thing is, we don't ask. I think, I think it's important to ask, but also I think it's important then you have to, to prove point it. out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to you prove it. it. But also at, at the which end you're you're uh, spending the money. It's like uh, in lectures, it's uh, like preemptive or post uh, you know post op. So if you're going to be spending a lot more money taking care of problems post operatively, well we're going to be saving that, but we're going to be putting some of that into the front end of it. We're going to be taking care of it. So unless they understand that, they say, no, we're wasting money. We're spending money for you guys, right. and it's a waste of money because we're looking cost. at, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. not just cost. Yeah. It's, it's investment. That's right. And I think that's really, that is, that's so important because I do think, um, yeah, we, we do offer so many things, in the in, in, especially as hospital-based physicians, uh, but I think we're also extremely unique as physicians because you know, we, know, we know so many parts of healthcare, right? Because not only are we physicians, yeah, we also know we know medication management. Yeah, we know direct patient care. Yeah, we do all of our own procedures. Yeah, we often will push our own gurneys and beds, and so yeah, there we clean up after ourselves. Um, and so yeah, so we, we understand uh, antisepsis and uh, environmental hygiene. So it's one of yeah, the few professions. anybody. It's one of the few physicians in the hospital that interact with pediatrics, adults, every sort of surgical specialty. You'll deal with recovery room nurses, interventional radiology, cancer centers. You Anesthesia is one of the few aspects that touch every aspect of the hospital. Intensive care, intensive yeah. care intra-op, pre-op, post-op. We do a lot. We interact with a lot of people, which is why I think anesthesiologists, regional anesthesiologists make great leaders in the field, and we have to push for it in our own hospitals, our local communities to do what we do best. And you know what's helpful is I think um, uh, ha having, having had to sit in on a lot of meetings um, in my current and uh, in recent roles, um, I'll have to tell you that um, yeah, the, the, physician, the physician who can combine data with a really good recent patient story is very dangerous in a meeting. Yeah. Because the collective clinical experience of everyone else in the room with you is probably less than your clinical experience in the last week. And that I think is really important, and that and because because it you don't realize how much power that has. Well, and then one without the other is not useful. Mm -hmm. So I call it the data dump, which is you can just bring all this data to the table, and eyes glaze over. It means nothing. But unless you have something personal, something that yeah. really stands out, that allows people to identify with that. None of that data really matters, and then vice versa. One anecdote doesn't matter either. So, hey, hi. Hey, we're gonna bring another guest into the talk show here. Here. Oh, hey. How are you? This is Dr. Hi. Anita Gupta. Come here. Hi. Come on, come on, come on. Hi. No, it's okay. How are you? So we were just uh, we were just talking about the meeting. Yeah. And um, you know, 
what what strikes you as good and what's been what's been really remarkable about your experience in I think the last the few days? Is wonderful this year actually. Come up closer, you're I like shrinking in the back. I know. Yeah. I, I actually really loved two panels. Um, one was the sustainability panel, um, which is totally different. <laughs> and I thought it was really innovative. You know, you're talking about futuristic things, things about climate change and how anesthesiologists can make an impact. Um, I love that. I loved it. I thought it was very topical. It's outside of the realm of medicine, and I thought it was really important. You know, one of, to, to briefly interject on that, one of my colleagues at Vanderbilt years ago, and I don't think it, I think he's still working on it, actually was working on a inhaled anesthetic capture device mm -hmm. that was through the scavenging system in the central hospital. Mm -hmm. So he went to central scavenging mm -hmm. and would put a modulator on our scavenging system and would actually capture the exhaled anesthetic gases, redistill them down for recycled use. He bottled them and was trying to prepare Very it so they could be reused again. Because what is the contaminant at that point? There's none. That's right. That's right. It was a purified, distilled version of inhaled anesthetic gas. And his primary motivation was so that it wouldn't be released into the atmosphere. That's wow. right. And so um, I don't know how far he got with it. He, he's actually changed institutions. He's in Texas now. <laughs> But I know he had a patent on it. He was working with the, the manufacturers. And the problem is, is that there's not a financial incentive for that. But we need to have incentives. We need to drive the conversation beyond just the finance, immediate financial incentive and look at the long-term financial impact, That's which right. all of this is going to affect us. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. And I think as anesthesiologists, we can make an impact on these issues. Um, and the fact that we're talking about it at ASRA, amazing. Yeah. And the other one that was also um, I loved um, was about the National Health Service that Amit Pava delivered. Yeah. I thought that was great. Again, a topic that um, he brought from the UK that is a vision of universal health care um, that we're talking about in the United States. Right. And very topical, very important for us to think about on how that regional anesthesiologist can frame that in a universal health care system um, and how we can play an important role and how we can make an impact. So again, I thought two very unique, uh, you know, great topical uh, things outside of the other robust curriculum of hands-on That's great. So, thank you. Yeah, you did thank a great you. job. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> very, very thank good you so job. much for Thank sharing. you, too. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up today. Um, I, I think we've had another wonderful day here at the meeting. Um, we're not going to do a live session tomorrow, but uh, thank you, Anil. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Hope you come back again. Don't make it another long time before you come back to the meeting. There you go. I hope to see there you. you. Go. So this is the last session for this Azra hashtag Azra Spring 19. Still follow us on Instagram with the hashtag and Twitter. We'll be talking about the rest of the meeting. We have some upcoming meetings. Upcoming, if you want to just drop. There's those. too much. I got too much. I can't too much in my head. So go to Azra.com. You'll find out all the details. But the, but we're still going to be doing a lot. They're still doing the. Um, the uh, takeovers on Instagram. Yes. So we have different people going, taking over the Azra Society Instagram account and kind of sharing their perspective of the meeting. So definitely check that out. This is new. We haven't been doing this. So At A-S-R-A underscore society. S-O-C-I-E-T-Y. I believe I spelled that correctly. On Instagram. Yeah. So go find that. Follow that account because it's kind of a fun way to look at this meeting from the eyes of different members at different levels of their training. And they see things we don't see. And so it's a better way to see what's really going on throughout the meeting. Highly encourage you guys to check it out. Thank you, everybody. 
Um, and we will see you guys next time. This uh, And then check us out on the next Azure Wrap podcast too. Bye.